Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealer. Our guest this morning to help us figure out this Week 8 NFL card is a friend of the show, Ian McMillan, senior editor over at BetSided at Ian MacBets, I-A-I-N, spell it that way so you can find his name. He's also at Vegas Insider and The Hammer HQ. But now, at least for, I don't know, the next couple of days, Ian is known as the top 1.9% in the world. How are you doing, Ian? (laughs) I'm doing well. I haven't slept well this week because I just keep thinking about this survivor pool. So other than that, I'm doing well, though. That's what I'm alluding to. Okay, so (laughs) I talked about it on the show just about every single week. Have this survivor pool I'm running. 1,131 entries. And after that, Bears upset on Monday night and the Bucks. Uh, losing to the Panthers. I mean, so you had the two most popular plays go down. Another week of chaos. We're down to 21. And yeah, 1.9% left. I got mad about it because I love survivor pools. Jumped in a number of, of them. It bothered me when I was kicked out for a week or two. But I'm totally cool with it now because I realized that if I got three strikes, I probably still would have been kicked out. <laughs> That's how grueling this year has been. How have you avoided all of these landmines, man? I will say, to be fair, because uh, I didn't mention this on Twitter this past week, uh, the entry that's still alive, Joe, in your pool is actually my girlfriend's entry, to be completely honest. I submitted oh. two. Uh, I had one and I said that she could make one, uh, picks for the second one. The first one, I, I, mine got eliminated week four when I took the Colts against the Titans the first time. Uh, so technically, uh, well, not even technically, technically. it is her entry. <laughs> so maybe I should run and run and get her and get her to come here and ask, uh, answer some questions. But since I've been eliminated, I've been making it a, maybe a little bit more of a team effort. I kind of explain my uh, rationale and then she gets the final say. Yeah, it is technically uh, my girlfriend's entry here. That's still alive. See, I I purchased an entry for my wife, and I just wanted nothing to do with it. I said, don't ask me any questions. Whatever 
I say, if it goes wrong, I'm going to get all the blame. I don't want to tell right. you what to do at all. So I'm staying uh, far away. Did you buy the entry or did she give you the money? She did send me the, the money uh, for the entry. So uh, okay. it is hers. And even week one, uh, kind of a slap in the face to me. You see, uh, she knew Falcons are my favorite team. She said, oh, the Falcons stink. I'm just going to take the Saints. So she took oh. uh, the Saints just to uh, anger me in week one. And she almost got eliminated in week one because they remember the Falcons uh, uh, up big in that game. But of course, they did what the Falcons do, which I guess she was smart for knowing it was going to happen. And they blew it. So uh, she survived the Saints. Uh, the Vikings in week three almost lost to the Lions. They came back to win. So she's had a couple close scares, but uh, the past few weeks has been a team effort. In the past two weeks, actually, in a row, we had the Buccaneers locked in both weeks and then made last-second changes to different teams. And thank God we did because they lost both of those games. So we're alive. Are you more stressed than she is? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I literally didn't. Uh, I think it was Monday night because, yeah, the Patriots lost on Monday. So I knew it was down to the last 21. I straight up did not sleep. On Monday night, I had dreams about the survivor pool. Uh, like I literally had voices in my dreams like, oh, take the Dolphins. Oh, the Falcons are a good pick this week. Oh, the Cowboys are too obvious. I've been dreaming about it. I can't sleep. Uh -huh. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I just I want it to be over at this point. You had to be as big of a bear fan as a lot of the listeners we have this morning here on 670. The score on Monday knowing. All right. I mean, going in, you probably didn't think they stood a chance. I, I was on Bears spread, so I I, okay. I was a big Bears fan for my bet and for the Survivor Pool. So also, I hate the Patriots. They're my least favorite sports team in the entire world of sports. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a glorious Monday night. You know what you're doing this week? For what team I'm taking? Yep. We haven't locked it in 100% yet. We won't probably until uh, right before kickoff. Right now, I'm looking at Cowboys, though. Uh -huh. To be honest, my, my gut kind of says Falcons are the sneaky good play here. You can get rid of a bad team against the Panthers. But I guarantee you, if I take the Falcons, if we take the Falcons, uh -huh. uh, they're, then they're, they're going to lose because the Falcons have broken my heart enough in my life. They will definitely lose and break my heart uh -huh. in this. So I can't let that happen. I think it has to be the Cowboys. We might go... Bills against the Packers on Sunday night football because we were actually saving our long-term strategy was to save the Bills for like week 16 or something against the Bears like a no. a, a late season lock but now with the, how no. the pool is gone we're not even going to make it to week 16 so we got to use the Bills at some point so Bills Cowboys Cowboys are locked in right now but uh, we'll see yeah 21 going into week number eight I'm expecting people to get eliminated every week we might make it to Thanksgiving we're not going to Christmas no I don't think so. No. So, so not the way this year has gone. Year of the underdog. All right. Why don't we start with Bears Cowboys? Because uh, you kind of led us there. A game that a lot of our listeners here care about. Bears sitting with a record of three and four. That is a surprising to some. Now, the number was 10. And after Monday night's performance, that got off the, the key number of 10. It got knocked down to nine and a half. And I'd say the market right now, we're still sitting as the Bears significant underdogs. Nine and a half, a similar situation on the road, big dog number at nine, nine and a half, just like the Patriots. But Ian, we know that the Cowboys are much better than the Patriots. And, you, and if you talk about a bad matchup for the Bears, it's this front for the Cowboys and just their defense in general. They're number one in adjusted sack rate, number one in EPA per play, this Cowboys defense, number two in yards per play. We know Parsons is going to be all over the place and Justin Fields is under pressure a lot more than any other quarterback. Um, so is that a lot of the, the reasons you're taking a look at Dallas? 
Well, ironically, I said we're probably going to be taking Cowboys for a survivor, but I'm actually on Bears to cover the spread. So okay. I'm going to try to thread the needle here. I actually got it at a good number, though. I got it at 10 and a half when it opened on Sunday before Monday Night Football. For me to lay double-digit points on a team in the NFL, I need the team that's laying the points to be a top-five team, and I need the team that they're playing against to at least be bottom 10. And as much as, you know, the Bears have kind of been like a meme this season and people, you know, like to talk about how bad they are, I actually don't think they're that bad of a team is the reason why I was on them to cover the spread on Monday against the Patriots. You look at a lot of their stats, they're not good, uh, but they're around average. I think net yards per play, I think they're, they're like 16th or 17th. Uh, the Bears are a fine team, and also the Cowboys, even with Dak back last week, uh, a lot of offensive question marks I have for this team. Don't forget, yeah, they kind of handled the Lions. But they're down 6-3 to three, uh, at halftime. Obviously, they outscored them 21-0 in the second half, but uh, first half only scoring three points against the Lions defense. Like, their offense just isn't quite there enough for me to want to lay double digits or close to double digits, so I'm on the Bears to cover. But like you mentioned, with the pass rush, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys against this Bears offensive mm-hmm. line. Cowboys should win. I wouldn't be surprised if they win in cover as well, but I just need a, I need to see a classic Cowboys Dak Prescott performance where they put up, you know, 30, 35 plus points before I'm willing to lay this many points on them as a favorite. I wonder if we're going to get that. It feels like their style of play has changed and it might be perfect for what the NFL has been in 2022. Right. I I find myself in the handicapping, valuing defense and running a lot more than in recent seasons. So we kind of have to make that adjustment. I don't know if you've done the same, but uh, in this specific matchup, I'm looking at a lot of props. So Justin Fields has been smashing the rushing props, design runs. who he's been going over on the attempts He almost doubled up the rushing yards the other day. He's done that over the last couple of weeks. I think that's a look. We probably won't get any value on Parsons props, but I I would still bet them. You know, Pollard is going to get even more work. People have talked about forever how Pollard's the better running back than Zeke, and now Zeke is hurt. So the usage should be through the roof. We expect the Cowboys to win, so they're probably going to be running the ball a whole lot more in the second half. I think Pollard props are a good look. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think any kind of rushing props, I like the over because neither the Bears uh, or the Cowboys, really, it's been the weakness of actually this Cowboys defense. The one spot you can kind of get them is by running the ball against them. I think they're, uh, if not bottom 15 or if not bottom 10, at least bottom 15 in opponent yards per carry. So you can kind of attack this uh, Cowboys uh, defense on the ground and same with the bears that's kind of the way that you can attack the bears defense as well so any any rushing props i'd like them all over in this one early odds with joe ostrowski sports radio 670 the score my guest ian mcmillan senior editor over at bedsided all right let's go somewhere else on the card how about late afternoon an nfc west one between the niners and the rams san francisco is a one and a half point favorite Funny enough, uh, last week, when the Rams were on by on the look-ahead, L.A. was actually favored by two and a half on that look-ahead line. I guess people just realized, oh, wait, it's Shanahan against McVay, and they also added Christian McCaffrey. Shanahan against McVay, eight and four straight up, nine and three against the spread with six straight covers. Shanahan certainly uh, has McVay's number here. I feel like as the team goes away for a little bit, you kind of forget about how bad they were. Mm. And this Rams offense has been pathetic. They don't have anybody that can block up front. The defense is still strong with Aaron Donald. You cannot run on this team, but it feels like Shanahan certainly figured something out going up against McVay. And the Niners have been getting healthier over the last couple of weeks. 
I don't know why the Rams are favored before. I think the line makes a lot more sense now. I don't see the Niners winning three consecutive games, and they're going to cover the one and a half. I like San Francisco. How about you on this game? Yeah, I'm on San Francisco as well. I mean, we already saw this matchup this year. Now, I get a little bit cautious when uh, it's divisional matchups that we've already seen. I think you need to look past the box score a little bit, or at least just past the final score, because uh, the 49ers completely handled the Rams. But if you dive into the actual stats of the game, uh, it's even more apparent. 49ers gained uh, 6.7 yards per play in that game. Rams, 3.5. The 49ers defense just completely dominated the Rams. And this Rams team just not, at least they haven't looked like the Super Bowl winning team from last year. And I mean, we're the eighth week of the season. Like by now, usually we would like to see uh, some semblance of, of last year's team. It was like the Bengals stumbled early in the year as well. But then the past few weeks, they kind of picked it up. We haven't seen that yet from the Rams. So I like 28th in yards per play, 31st in yards per carry. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line has been atrocious. 28th in QB sack rate, which was a big reason why the 49ers handled them uh, back when they played earlier in the year. So uh, until I see this Rams team look like the Rams team of last year, uh, I just can't bet on them, especially at a line of just one and a half. So uh, I'm on the 49ers in that spot because, yeah, it might be a little bit of a buy low spot on them too after the after they lost two straight. But uh, I think this 49ers team, I would say top three, top four team in the NFC, to be honest, this year. Yep, yep. You certainly have to uh, put them there, even though they've lost the last couple of games. They, yeah. they should turn it around. Last week was a tough spot going against the Chiefs off a loss there. All right, let's uh, go to another divisional matchup. This one in the AFC East. The team, the Bears, just pummeled. How about the Patriots at the Jets? This line has been creeping up throughout the week. It's now New England favored by two and a half against the surprise Jets. Jets five and two on the year. New England three and four. Now New York has won four consecutive games. Here's the thing, Ian. We all know Zach Wilson is not very good, and the injuries are getting to the Jets. Reese Hall is going to be out. For the rest of the season, Vera Tucker, key to that offensive line. Uh, A couple of the receivers, not quite sure of their status. Zach Wilson against pressure has been horrendous. Belichick has Wilson's number. And I'm not impressed with these Jets wins. Like, okay, you're turning things around. Salah's going to keep his job. You have some good young players that you drafted. Key components to this team. Congratulations on all of that. But we have to think back to some of these victories. Okay, they beat the Browns, scoring only 16 points. They beat the Packers. It doesn't look like Green Bay's very good. Dolphins, when you were facing their QB3. The Steelers, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Browns, that thing was ridiculous how Cleveland just gave that game up. I feel like there's a lot of context to that 5-2 and two record, and we have Belichick off a double-digit loss and he is 25 and 9 ATS in those spots. He's still hitting at 67% in the post Brady era. Doesn't this feel like big time bounce back? Yeah, maybe. To be honest, if if the Jets didn't have the injuries that they had last week, especially Vera Tucker, it can't be understated the the importance of that injury. I probably actually would take the Jets as underdogs in this one, but because of the injuries and because of some things that I've seen with these teams, I actually like the under. This might be one of my favorite total bets of the week. Uh, I got to the 41 and a half. Uh, I think it's down to about 40, 40 and a half right now. But you mentioned the Jets. Yeah, they're probably not as good as their their record based on their schedule so far. But their defense has been very good. Obviously, they haven't played some top tier offenses. uh, But still, their defense has shown up against the teams they should show up against. Sixth in opponent yards per play heading into this week. Um, So with the injuries on offense, that's obviously going to hurt their offense. But their defense, I still think, should be able to at least... 
uh, slow down this Patriots offense. What do we, this Patriots offense is yeah. not great either. So I, with the injuries, with the quarterback situation for the Patriots, I'm not really sold on either side. Uh, so I'm just going to fade both offenses. I'm going to bet on the two defenses and I'll uh, go ahead and take the under. How about Sunday night football? Let's uh, let's hit on a couple more, including this uh, Packers Bills one before we get to some hockey betting. I saw it as high as 12 this week for the mm. Bills coming off a bye. Aaron Rodgers, we keep having the same conversation. Okay, maybe it's this week. Maybe it's this week. Now he's bus-tossing teammates. Well, what we do know is for the first time in his career, after 234 starts, he's going to be a double-digit underdog. And he's been good in those spots, but here's the thing. On the other side, Josh Allen is really good as a double-digit favorite. They love to smother teams, and they do that in the second half and this is a top-notch defense. So an offense that has been struggling in Green Bay, how are they really going to turn it on against Buffalo at their house? I don't know. I don't have a play on this game. Uh, The line is all over the place. I mentioned it hit 12 this week. The look-ahead was 8.5 during the summer. The line was 4. So uh, look how far we've come on this one. You know, a lot of the Bears fans listening here in Chicago, and they would love to see the Bills take care of business. Yeah, I'm going to say a lot, a lot of my points about this one is kind of similar to my Bears and, and uh, Cowboys pick where I'm actually going to take the Packers here. Yeah, they've disappointed mm-hmm. the past few weeks, but uh, let's for, let's not forget they were touchdown favorites or more in two of those games. Last week, they were four and a half, five and a half point favorites against Commanders. Now all the way flipped over to the other side to yeah. double digit underdogs. I just think that's a little bit of an overreaction because statistically... Uh, the Packers actually haven't been a bad team like the Bears. Uh, like I would need to lay double digit points, even on a team as good as the Bills. I need their opponent to be a, at least a bottom 10 in the team in the NFL. And statistically, the Packers just aren't quite that bad. They rank 17th in yards per play, 12th in opponent yards per play. So yes, the Bills should be favored. Absolutely. Probably even touchdown favorites. But I just mm-hmm. think over that magic number of 10, I just think that's a little bit too many points. This is prime time. This is still Aaron Rodgers. I know I have been one of the guys saying this. Well, I said it last week. This is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, back-to-back MVP has got to bounce back at some point. I thought it was last week. And maybe, sure, maybe the Packers still lose to the Bills, but 10 and a half points, 11 points, whatever it's at now, just seems like too much. Weird things happen in the NFL. And to cover these double-digit spreads, you need things to go right for you. And like I said, Bills, certainly the best team in the NFL this year. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. Statistically, record-wise, everything you want to look at, the Bills are a top-tier team, but I just can't get to a double-digit line against Packers. Could be, probably should be, the Packers' fourth consecutive loss. I don't have a plan in the game. I'm going to watch it with a lot of intrigue. All right, tomorrow morning, people are going to be looking for some action between the Broncos and the Jaguars. This is like Jacksonville's uh, second home playing over in London. Jacksonville's 2-5. and You crunch the numbers as much as anyone. I think we look at a lot of those same uh, metrics. I can't figure Jacksonville out. Like, you look at their numbers, Trevor Lawrence, he'll have a great game and still lose. Last week against the Giants, they have seven yards per play. They still lose. Their success rate on offense is in the top seven. Their net yards per play is in the top seven. 
The young guns on defense are doing pretty good. They get pressure on the quarterback, but they're not getting the sacks. Like The Jaguars should have a much better record than they do. And on the other side, we're going against one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They have the worst red zone offense in the NFL. The GM is giving the head coach the dreaded vote of confidence after seven weeks. After seven weeks, we're getting the vote of confidence. So we know what's next. I go Jaguars minus two and a half. Not with the most amount of confidence. This is a Broncos fade, if anything, because I can't quite figure these Jags out. Yeah, my play on this game is the under. I'm just going to bet on under games, uh, unders and Broncos games for the rest of the season until something else happens because they have they do everything that you would want for an under bet. But in terms of a side, I would lean Jaguars. I just have to trust the numbers, and the numbers tell me the Jaguars are a much better team than what the record indicates. Sure, that hasn't been the case the past few weeks. Uh, they killed me by losing to the Giants last week because I went on rants and rants and rants about how bad the Giants were and how the Jaguars were the best bet of the week, and then they – uh, they had that kind of performance, but I have to trust the numbers. And like you said, they hover around 10th in a lot of different spots. I think a big issue of theirs um, is on offense. They aren't good on third down and on defense. They aren't good in the red zone. So uh, underneath kind of those basic stats of yards per play and net yards per play, the next kind of ones that I think are really in really show a true sign of a team that can win games Mm -hmm. is third down conversion rate and red zone touchdown scoring percentage, both on uh, offense and on defense. Because if you play in close games, if you aren't converting on third down, or if you aren't scoring touchdowns when you get to the red zone, or if you're allowing the other team to score a touchdown every time they get to the red zone, that's going to be the difference maker in those uh, close games. And that's where the Jaguars have not been good this year. But at the end of the day, Football is about moving the ball down the field and preventing the other team to do that. The Jaguars still are a good team at that, and I have no interest betting the Broncos <laughs> no. with their offense because I've done it a couple no. times this year, Gross. and it's painful. I had their money line on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. That was a painful loss, so I won't be doing that anymore. So I'm betting on the under. I'm going to continue to fade their offense, but in terms of a side, I, I would certainly go Jaguars. Another moment with Ian McMillan of Bet Sided. Uh, Ian, for those paying attention, the Blackhawks look a lot better than people thought they were going to be very early on in the season. People just starting to get into the swing of things, betting pucks during the week. Did you do anything NHL futures, awards, or anything lurking in the back of your mind there? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty high on the Carolina Hurricanes this year. I mean, that's not exactly the uh, the biggest dark horse in the world, but I, I like the Hurricanes. I think they're the most complete team in the NHL. The Avalanche, uh, especially their goaltending situation, has me a little bit worried. They lost Nazem Kadri, which is mean, one of the most underrated and most important positions on a hockey team in the NHL is having a very good second-line center, and that's what Kadri gave the Avalanche last year and a big reason, I think, for a lot of their success. Uh, losing him, I don't think, uh, can be understated. So I like the Hurricanes. I think they're complete. They can play offense. They can play defense. Uh, they have solid goaltending. Uh, if you're looking for an award winner, Vesna Trophy, as a former goaltender myself, I love the Vesna Trophy. Uh, if you don't know, it goes to the best goalie in the NHL. It's the goalie yeah. MVP award. Who's Saros? or it might be pronounced Husi. I forget it all the time, but the Nashville Predators goaltender uh, has been one of the best in the NHL over the past couple of years. Uh, and I think at the start of the year, I think he was like 10 to 1, 12 to 1, and he finished like second or third in Vesna Trophy voting last year. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So if you're looking for an award winner, I like Saros quite a bit for the Predators. All right, very good. Anything that uh, you've noticed early on with this very small sample as someone who dabbles here and there, it feels like totals are a lot higher. As we complain about the lack of scoring in football, yes. we're getting a lot more scoring on the ice. Totals have been a little bit higher. One thing that I've noticed that I'm keeping an eye on every single day, I'll throw a team out there, a team that nobody expected to be good this year. But if you look at advanced analytics in hockey, they rank either first or second in every single one through the first couple of weeks. And that's the New Jersey Devils. Uh, not yeah. a team anyone expected to be good this year. But you look at Corsi percentage, they're second in the NHL. You look at expected goals for per 60 minutes, first. Expected goals against per 60 minutes, first. Now their issue it has been their goaltending, but if the New Jersey Devils can figure out their goaltending situation a little bit, uh, and once again, you said it's very small sample size, this could turn around in a hurry, but this is a team that probably for the next few weeks is going to be listed as an underdog to large majority of time. Mm -hmm. The New Jersey Devils are going to be a good bet for a little bit if they can keep this these numbers up and if they can find some kind of consistency in between the pipes. So uh, yeah, the New Jersey Devils is a team to look out for here early in the year. Very good. And I see a 16 to one on Saros, your guy. So. Love it. Might have Love to do it. something there. Ian McMillan at Ian Mac, Betts, senior editor, Betsided. Also find his work, Vegas Insider and the Hammer HQ. Ian, thank you so much for your time this Saturday morning. Best of luck uh, with all your bets this weekend, all right? Thank you so much. Take care. Good luck uh, to you as well. Love that we could squeeze in some pucks for you this morning on the score. With the World Series pushback, it seems like we keep getting these sports equinox days, and uh, we'll discuss the fall classic later this hour. But next, it's Jim Miller time, and I'll tell him why he's wrong about a couple of sports betting ideas. Maybe agree with a couple as well. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24 7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and we welcome in weekly Early Odds contributor Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, Monday night blew up Survivor Pools, oh. it blew up a ton of teasers, but. Did it blow up your Bears' worst record ticket? Maybe. But then again, you thought it would have, except Carolina won. That still <laughs> brought them in the mix. The, the only team that have really kind of separated them from is Houston. But we oh. found out this is the wildly mediocre NFL. And that's the thing about it. Anybody apparently can beat anyone at any time. There might only be a couple of really good teams. The one thing we want to remind people about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about betting Nick Chubb anytime touchdowns and Taysom Hill anytime touchdowns. You would have cashed on that again. Stuff that you want to watch for, shop your prices. This has been the craziest NFL season that I can remember. It really has been. We talked a lot about survivor pools. I don't even know if it's worth it anymore after seven weeks. Because in my pool... If you're in, still alive. In the Circus Sports Survivor, they had 6,133 entries. 98% are out. Oh, my gosh. 98.1% are out in mine. It's unbelievable. And then if you compare it to how many were out at this point in the season in previous years, it's not even close. Nothing like this year. And you didn't even mention the Detroit Lions. They're in the basement of the NFL all by themselves right now. Things flip week after week. One week, oh, look. Reese Hall's your favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm -hmm. Now that's turned on its head. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. 
but I know you had some ideas for make and miss the playoffs. What are you thinking? Well, and here's the thing for make and miss the playoffs because it's so hard because everybody is so packed up. But when you look around odds and shop your prices a little bit, mm-hmm. there's some teams that we still think might be decent football teams that when you go into strength the schedule, and even you've mentioned, Joe, from 5 to 25 isn't a whole lot different in the NFL. But strength of schedule-wise, these teams, I think, could still make the playoffs. So first off, I wanted to start with the team that has the 20th rated strength of schedule left. That's the Cleveland Browns. Right now, they're hovering right around 7-1 to one as a yes to make the playoffs. There's still a lot of ability on that team. They do still have a marquee quarterback that's going to be coming back at some point during the season. And everybody said, hey, just keep your head above water and you might still be able to hang around. What do you think of the Browns' chances? I hate them. And I think part of the reason (laughs) is because I actually like a couple of other teams in that division. So it's going to be tough for them. It surprises me uh, what you mentioned about their current strength of schedule, but I guess some of that does make sense. Week 12, they get Tampa. Before the season started, that looked like a definite loss, right? Before Deshaun Watson makes his debut with the team. I don't like Cleveland because they can't stop the run, and I really like how things are shaping up schedule-wise moving forward for both the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't love how Lamar's played over the last few weeks. They've trailed like a matter of seconds in all of their losses this year, and if you look at their schedule, it is super soft moving forward. They actually have the easiest schedule in the NFL. The winning percentage for their opposition is 343. They still haven't played the Steelers. They get them twice. Jaguars, Panthers, Saints, Browns, Broncos. Broncos, that was supposed to be tough too. So that's the reason I'm not buying the Browns. And here's the crazy thing about the NFL, Joe. The Bengals have only two more wins than the Browns. That's how things can change in a matter of weeks. Okay. And this is great, though, that you talked about some of these teams that we thought might be decent at one point or might not be. Brings me to my next team. It's a team I've talked about numerous times this year. They have the same amount of wins right now as Cleveland. The Las Vegas Raiders. Two and four. Their strength of schedule is 27th. Pittsburgh, New England, the Broncos, the Colts, the Jags are still on their schedule. They're right around three to one to make the playoffs right now. But at two and four, they're sitting in 11th in the AFC going into this week. That's not out of the realm. They're much better than their record of two and four. Riddle me this. You have a two and four team with a plus 13 differential. Plus 13. They haven't won on the road yet. Haven't been able to close those games. That's got to happen. A few of those numbers really tell us that they're better than their record shows. And you know what, Jim? I look at that division. We're all selling the Denver Broncos. We're selling Russell Wilson. I'm selling the Chargers, too. The Raiders just might be the second-best team in that division. I think that's interesting because the AFC South is all garbage. It's just going to be the division winner that gets through. Yep. We're still trying to figure out which team is most fraudulent in the AFC East. Is there going to be a second place team that's real at all? Jets, is this a mirage or what? So Raiders, I don't mind that. I actually think things are setting up. And how about that AFC West? Some guys that have covered this league a long time declared this is the best division we have ever seen. 
That is not the case. The <laughs> NFC East is a lot better than the AFC yeah. West this year. You look at that division. Look at the AFC as a whole. We know Kansas City's good. We know Buffalo's good. Do we really know that anybody else in the AFC is any good? We don't. I mean, we think maybe Baltimore. We think maybe Cincinnati. Yeah. That's two other teams. So why not for the Raiders? And like you mentioned, when you're a plus 13 in the point differential and you're two and four, that puts you in the mix. Now, here's one that I absolutely love, shifting gears to the NFC. Mm -hmm. Right? We've talked about turnover luck, how it can go in two different ways. Think about the turnover luck that the Bears found themselves on Monday <laughs> night with all, how many different fumbles they could have that they recovered or went uh, out of bounds. 26. Right, yeah, right. Here's a team that has had basically the worst turnover luck in the NFL, and they are one game out of first in their division, mm-hmm. and that's the New Orleans Saints. They're a minus 10 in the turnover ratio right now. They do have some ability. They're in a division that has Tampa, who may not be good, Atlanta, who may not be good, Carolina, who isn't good, and there's the Saints sitting there, and they're at 6-1 to one to be a yes to make the playoffs. This is a team that I think could possibly win their division, but if not, again, you're in an NFC where there's no super team. It's what, the Eagles, maybe the Vikings, and that's it? I can't figure this team out, and that's part of the issue with this division. I like the Falcons because of what they can do offensively. And it was set up. That was a bad spot last week against the Bengals. They can't defend the pass. And and then we've got this explosive passing offense coming in. It it was a really good spot for Cincinnati. So I don't want to ding them too much for that big loss a week ago. The Buccaneers. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But I've got to be fair about it and say, look, give me the team that should be the favorite. Who should be the favorite? I don't really know. Are the Panthers dead? I don't think they're any good. I think they're going to continue to trade players off, but do you just take a dart throw with the Panthers after they beat the Bucks last week? That was amazing. I don't know what the hell's happening. The NFC South, I hate it all. Yes. The AFC South, I hate it all. I don't buy into the Titans for a second. They're dead last in net yards per play. They didn't score an offensive touchdown last week, and they're favored to win the AFC South division at minus 155. So with these two divisions, I would just take like third favorites, take some longer shots there. And while we're talking about division numbers, how about the Giants? One loss, one loss, and the number now is better for them to win the division than it was preseason. You can find the Giants at 9-1. to Are the Eagles that great where we've declared they're winning the division? They're going to end up with only two or three losses all season? I would calm down on that. They're going to have a great record. They're likely to win the division. But Giants at 9-1, to one, I don't know how Dayball's doing it. I wish he was here in <laughs> Chicago, but congratulations to him. Here's the Eagles' record. All right, yes, they're 6-0. They beat the Lions. Not yeah. very good. Commanders, not very good. Jaguars, probably not very good. Cardinals, probably not very good. So they've, they've, they have two good wins, the Vikings and the Cowboys. They're going to have such a soft schedule all the way till week 11 that everybody's going to fall in love. But their whole schedule, the whole season is soft. This could be the 15-2 and two team that loses in the first round, possibly. Yes, 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 yes. Because you, the, the, your tough games remaining on your schedule, the Colts, maybe. Packers, maybe. Titans, maybe. Cowboys. Cowboys, and that's it. Cowboys with three weeks to go in the season. That is it. 
they have such an easy schedule this year. And hey, beat the teams that are on your schedule. But still, it's one of those where you, you look through it. And I think the Giants will have a much tougher schedule to win the division. But I do think the Giants can still make the playoffs just because they're a little bit better. They're very well coached. You're in a league where so many teams are giving up victories that they shouldn't, but Mm -hmm. the Giants have been the beneficiary of some of those too. Jim, uh, the Vikings are the second favorite in the NFC at some spots. I don't know if the Vikings are any good. That's how wide open the NFC is. The Eagles, they've earned the right to be the favorite, and there's a drop-off after that. But the Vikings... Okay, great. You've got a lot of wins. You're coming off by. You've won four in a row. One score win against Detroit, New Orleans, the Bears, and Miami. Like I, I really don't know if they're any good. Yeah. I don't know that their defense can stop anyone. And in 2022, you've got to have a good defense. I love how the league has flipped that way, where run game and defense really helps a lot of these teams. You need to be balanced. Kirk Cousins is still your quarterback there, That's too. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah NFC's wide that. open, man. Wide yeah. open. Yep. Any other make-miss playoffs you want to throw out there? You, you know what? Just kind of looking through it, the only other one that I think you do have to talk about briefly, and we did talk about it, is the Indianapolis Colts, only because they're yeah. still sitting there at 3-3-1, three, three and one, yeah. and they've still been kind of hovering around even money. It's a plus 150 on the yes end. It's a minus 175 on the no end for the Colts. But their strength of schedule is actually pretty tough the rest of the way. I would almost lean towards the no on that end. You've just changed, made a change in your quarterback. You don't have the veteran starting anymore. You have the owner starting to get involved in decisions. Oh, he made that's the decision. A, he yeah, made that's the, a problem. <laughs> he made the decision. That is so interesting to me that the move to Sam Ellinger brought the line down. Because I respect everything Matt Ryan's accomplished but he can't move. And that offensive line has really dipped in production in a matter of a couple of years. It happens quickly in this league. I don't know that it is a drop-off of a point and a half to two points that we saw in the point spread. It might actually give them a one-week bump. So the Colts are not as good as I thought they were before the season started, but I still trust the coaching there. And maybe they rally around Ellinger this week and short favorites that could be a, a good spot for them. So, but yeah, like I mentioned earlier, that division's trash. It is. The, the Jaguars will figure out how to win eventually. A lot of the numbers defend that team, but uh, the record is just so bad right now. But hey, I, I think there's enough football left for them to uh, catch the Titans. But okay, g- good stuff there, Jim. Early odds of Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score with Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse every single week on the show. And I know you wanted to touch on Offensive Rookie of the Year, a fascinating market, Jim. Uh, Brees Hall, unfortunately, goes down to season-ending injury, so he's no longer the favorite. Now it's Kenneth Walker, a guy that started the season as the backup running back, and given the circumstances in Seattle, he looks like a workhorse early on. I like him for a lot of stuff. Quick gambling note that I thought was really interesting during that Bears game, Bailey Zappi, Open the game when he was on the bench and Mac Jones was on the field at 100 to 1 to be the offensive rookie of the year. During the game, after those quick two touchdown drives, he was bet all the way down to single digits at some spots. It was amazing to watch because some of these sports books have decided to keep these awards up during the games because people want to bet into them. They overreact to what they're seeing in the moment on their TVs. Here's the thing, and that's perfect lead in Joe. 
to how I want to look at this category too, because to me, there is value to be had. All right, Kenneth Walker is your favorite. Damian Paris is your second choice. These are two running backs on teams, one a team in Seattle that isn't always your marquee game and isn't going to be seen that much on national TV. All right, Damian Paris is on the Texans. They're bad. Could we be sitting there in a point where if you want to look at some prices, you can go a couple of different ways? So there's two guys at prices that I thought you might want to look at. Remember, Jamar Chase won it last year. Mm-hmm. He had 81 receptions for 1,400 yards. A guy who's going to be right around 80 receptions, probably about 1,200 yards on the year, is Chris Olave in New Orleans. Yep. He's sitting at 7-1. to one. And then the other guy who, again, you want to put a guy out in front of, of the national audience, and he's still kind of sitting on the bench waiting in the wings, but he's starting to get more chances. And he only has 200 less rushing yards right now than Kenneth Walker. What about Isaiah Pacheco if he's getting these opportunities in Kansas City and is sitting at 30 to 1 right now? All right, I've got an idea down the board. I don't disagree with the idea of Kenneth Walker as your favorite. I actually like Walker as a possibility for something else, which I'll mention in a quick minute. But you know me, I'm always hunting for some value. And I, when yes. I see a couple of running backs on top, like, okay. Those guys can go down to injury quite easily. And also, Brian Robinson's in the mix, too. He's a fourth right after Olave. He's 16 to one. Yeah. How about the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts? What if Sam Ellinger's guy is Alec Pierce in this offense? And there's some sort of a connection there, something to keep a close eye on. You can find Pierce at 40 to one. Wouldn't surprise me if the Colts uh, need the pass and they're chasing in some of these games for a long shot. I think he's an appealing name, Alec Pierce Pacheco. I don't mind it at all. You can find him at 30 to one. Any piece of that chief's offense is going to get a lot of eyeballs, but the usage really needs to tick up. Sometimes he does get a bunch of snaps. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, you'd like to see some consistency from Reed there. But uh, but I like the idea of Pierce. You know, the Zappy thing, I understand if people want to bet into it, and you could find a number that's 20, but I don't know what's going to happen. It, Matt Jones might be the dude long-term there still. So I, I'm not quite sure. But the idea of going after a receiver, not with one of these workhorse running backs and getting yep. some value, I like that. And here's the thing about it. All right, if Mac Jones was down for the year and you knew Zappy was starting out, that changes things because he's a guy you don't know if he's going to play week to week. Stay away from that. Like you mentioned with Pierce, mm-hmm. already over 300 yards receiving on the season. So he has production. He's a guy who's going to get more production. I agree with you that that there's that opportunity there. And it just takes a few big games. Look at what happened. Jamar Chase, all of a sudden, they're lighting the team up and he's got 150 yards and two, three touchdowns. Well, there you go. That's all it takes to change things up. And this was about the time last year where we started looking at a guy like Jamar Chase saying, hey, this is the real deal. These guys take a little bit of time to get into the offense, a little bit of time to get into the flow. Not a whole lot of receivers have done so this year. Pierce is one of those. Alave is one of those, but there's not a whole lot behind them. A lot of season left. I was looking at Kenneth Walker, rushing yards leader at 35-1. to Big gap between Chubb, Saquon, and the rest of the pack, but we've seen what Walker's done in his two starts. Nearly three straight weeks, 100-plus yard games. We know Pete Carroll's going to continue to run the football. As long as Walker can stay healthy, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in that team picture at 35-1. to Jim, what about the horses today? All right, three horses all at Hawthorne today. There's some very good racing on Saturday, so we're going horses over the course of the late pick three. 
Race six, bet the seven, love the nest across the board. We just won on that horse a couple of weeks ago. Race seven, bet the nine, read the cliff notes across the board. This one turns back to a sprint in the stake. And then race eight, bet the four, river cactus across the board, 10 to one in the morning line. You should get a really good price there. Excellent stuff. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, enjoy all the college football today, NFL tomorrow, and we'll do this again next week, all right? It's going to be so much fun, Joe. Thanks. And game two of the World Series tonight, a pivotal game number two. You know this is a Philly show by now, and we'll look at this evening's matchup. Give me a follow on Twitter by my name, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. This is Early Odds on 670 The Score and worldwide on the Odyssey app. Inside the clubhouse is coming up, so let's talk some World Series, because why not? It's a stressful one for yours truly. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. If you're here every week, you're probably sick of me talking about the Phillies. Been doing so since March, but it paid off if you rolled with us for the NL pennant at 25-1. to 1. Now we wait on the World Series for that 50-1 to 1 ticket. By the way, how great was it to finally see baseball back last night after what felt like a bye week? I wish it was possible to uh, push it up because Wednesday would have been really cool to kick things off with not a ton going on in the sports world for a change then. Uh, The Phils have their best starter going tonight in Zach Wheeler and the Astros counter with Framber Valdez. Both have been phenomenal all season and even better in the postseason. Wheeler hasn't faced these Astros hitters much so that history isn't isn't worth even bringing up. But in the playoffs, he's been dominant. A 178 ERA for Wheeler, an 051 whip, and 25 Ks in 25 innings, 16 punch outs over his last two starts. Valdez set the all-time MLB record with 25 consecutive quality starts from late April till mid-September. His numbers his playoff numbers are a little better than Wheeler's in this small sample of two starts since the Astros have not lost a game. A 1-4-2 ERA for Valdez, 15 strikeouts in 12 and two-thirds. Now, he did face the Phillies three weeks ago. He tossed five shutout innings with 10 Ks and a walk. Plenty of signs point to the under or first five under, but if we're being honest, all I care about is a Philly victory. More World Series and White Sox managerial chatter next on Inside the Clubhouse. Appreciate Ian McMillan and Jim Miller for hopping on the show today. Early Odds Pod, BetQL Daily Pod. Check it out. Subscribe. Never miss an episode. Never miss a segment. Back tomorrow morning for BetMGM Game Day with Jason LaCafora and Devin Caney breaking down every game on the Week 8 NFL card. Catch those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 